and welcome to episode 53 of Etc. Etc. I'm your host, Aug Stone. Exciting time since we last spoke. My first Young Southpaw single with musical accompaniment is out now, Humpty Dumpty in HD. An absurd deep dive into the nursery rhyme taken in Minor Threat, Echo and the Bunnymen, Digital Underground, John Cleese's role in the 60s Avengers TV show, Rodney Dangerfield's Back to School, Casablanca, and a whole lot more. You can get it at the Young Southpaw Bandcamp page and some of those streaming places, Amazon, Apple, not Spotify. And do check out the video which has that crazy, desperate journalist band's Joe Bevan doing some serious dad dancing in it. Actually, I'll play you the first minute of it now. this cat, Humpty Dumpty? Why is he portrayed as an egg, you know? Because it's easy to break. But that doesn't even make any sense. I mean, why would, why would horses be trying to put an egg back together in the first place? And horses don't even lay eggs. The closest you come is like, like a platypus, maybe? And that's a semi-aquatic creature with a duck bill. Not very close at all. And you assume an egg breaks. There's like so many little cracks and whatnot. You can't be putting it back together. I mean, trying to get all that yolk and all the other stuff back inside, you know? It's crazy. And why was he so important to the king? I mean, what type of kings are giving eggs vital roles in their ruling of the realms? If you enjoyed that, There's six and a half more minutes of it. Do check it out. And on August 12th, which is tomorrow, another Southpaw single is coming out, Uraburos. Sung to Wooly Bully, it tells the tale of the mythical snake deciding to stop eating its own tail and try something different. So it books a table at a restaurant, and when they ask him what name he would like the reservation under, the snake panics and replies, William. Burroughs. Some of you may remember the William Uro Burroughs episode of the Young Southpaw Part of an Hour podcast, episode 55, you know, like Sammy Hagar. But anyway, I've made it into a tune, you know, Uro Burroughs, Uro Burroughs. And do check out the Young Southpaw Part of an Hour podcast, 60 crazy stories up there and counting. So let's get to today's episode. A few weeks back, I received an email whose subject heading was U.S. Krautrock, and of course I was intrigued. I'm reading David Stubbs' book on Krautrock right now. I highly recommend it. And in that email, they mentioned Can and Noy in the press release, and I put it on, and it's really good. I'm talking about the new Motric album, of course, Moon, the Cosmic Electrics of Motric, coming out October 8th on Jealous Butcher, with the first single, Silver Twin, out today, which we'll be playing at the end. It was great to talk to Eric and Dave from the band. We covered quite a lot of ground, so let's get to it. All right, we're here today with Dave and Eric from Motric. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing, doing well. Yeah. How, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, thanks. Okay. You guys want to like introduce yourselves so people can match a voice with the, uh, the speaker, I guess? <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm Eric, and uh, I play bass and I sing in Motric. 
Um, I'm Dave, and I play keyboards in Motric. I noticed on the uh, the info sheet, it's a lot more than just that as to your credits. You had like you have a long string of keyboards and synths. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that was kind of the the point behind this particular record. Let's put everything down. Nice. And, um, I don't know, but wouldn't you say that's the truth? You have a long string of devices following your name, too, Eric. I do. Um, yeah, I think we were kind of like, let's go maximum. Like, let's make a double LP. Let's go crazy with the album art. And I don't know. It felt like the right thing to go big for okay. some reason. Is this a double LP? Mm-hmm. It is. Oh, excellent! I didn't. I'm listening to yeah. the MP3s. You know. It's like, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. How right. it shakes out. It's kind of. It's kind of funky. The timing from LP to LP. It's we. We can definitely build as a hi-fi experience because one of the sides is twelve you know, minutes. Or twelve so? minutes. Yeah. So you yeah. can. They could. They can really crank the levels. I haven't heard a test pressing yet, but I think it's going to sound cool. Well, that's right. It's not out till October, right? Yeah. But the first single is coming out this week. Is that true? Uh, that's that's probably true. Probably, I know. We're, I think a video. Happening. Yeah, there's a video yeah. gonna drop. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Things are happening faster than I than I'm aware of. But yes, to all of that. In within the long string of uh, credits, Dave, you're listed as playing a Gibson 335, which <laughs> is my dream oh. guitar. No, that's me. That's oh, me. I'm sorry, sorry, yeah. Eric. Yeah. yeah, that's Eric. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different Dave. <laughs> That's a yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was used pretty sparingly. There's just I used it to double a vocal line at one point um, on a song, and that's it. That's its appearance. So it's it. it's kind of an overpriced entity to make that happen. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's the deal. It's it, that's where I think a lot of these long lists of instruments come from. It's like that's used in one song kind of thing. But yep. going with the maximalist kind of approach for fender stratocaster electric guitar like everything's it's it's kind of when it was uh kind of novel to have electric instruments on albums i think so it harkens back to that a little bit where oh we need to let people know that we're playing these kind of new instruments so kind of digging that that idea running with it a little bit what color i always oh what color (laughs) what's that what color is the 335 Hold on, I'll get it out. It's it. red. Yeah. Now, this is a podcast. This, yeah, exactly. I know it's a podcast. That's why I'm doing this, just to create an awkward moment. But listen. I mean, you know, this is See? a podcast. We're taking a notch up. All right. Oh, Here she look at is. that. So it's a reissue. It's, it's, but it's a 1980s reissue. Um, so the dot and layer issue reissue and they have a reputation for having really nice pickups and i confirm that it sounds really good but i think for the album i just recorded it acoustically oh really yeah i didn't even use the good sounding pickups so wow yeah there she is sorry dave i cut you off when i asked about the oh color. no <laughs> I, I i i can't even remember where we were at please continue so my first question is always do you remember when you first fell in love with music? It just kind of happened. I do remember 
listening to Beatles 65 at my cousin's house and realizing that Day Tripper was a cool song. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how it started for me. That's one of my earliest memories of just genuinely enjoying music and going, this is super cool. Yeah. 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 I, I, I've, I've got Beatles too for that. My parents had a well-worn copy of Sgt. Pepper's. Uh, and I think that's probably the first record I fell in love with. Uh, just as a record. So it's fun. Put it on and look at the weird album art and all that. And yeah. my brother and I would throw it on 45 and pretend we were the chipmunks singers <laughs> and like lip sync to it. So maybe kind of a superficial love for music there, but um, I don't know. I thought that was cool. And then later on, uh, I'd say junior high, something like that. Um, whenever I'd drive around with my dad, for some reason, it was like him taking me home from something or he would put on the local jazz station, KMHD. And I was like, it, it kind of blew my mind, I guess. Like, what, what is this happening? What, what, like I'm getting these feelings, these special feelings about music, you know? Uh, yeah. And I, there was some hook there too. For some reason that's, that pops my mind. Do you remember what kind of jazz, like who it might've been? Oh, smooth jazz generally like real, um, uh, you know, like Kenny G, that kind of stuff really spoke to me. Uh, no, it was like, um, no real, like straight ahead trio mellow jazz. I don't remember the artists, you know, um, I mean, I'm a lifelong jazz lover at this point, but I don't remember who straight it was. Straight jazz, just straight jazz. Straight Clean. Ahead. Clean. Yeah. 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 That's what, that's what got me. Just that mood. Mm -hmm. And like, this is different than what I'm hearing on the radio. Otherwise kind of thing. Yeah. Other possibilities. Did they call it smooth jazz at the time? I don't know. Mm. That, that seems to be, I have, I have memories of billboards that say smooth jazz. Kenny G yeah. is usually there. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's, that's memory of, of what? Probably the eighties. Yeah. Definitely eighties. I really like the turn this, 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 this discussion is taking. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. so do I. I'm just going to let that go. <laughs> Not going to go there. No. I was playing some Hello, Archie Captain. Shep. You're, you're a fan of Archie Yeah. Shep. Yeah. Um, my little nephew's name is Shep, and he came in. He was visiting the other day, and he came in, and I had one of the 70s albums on, you know, the real out there sort of stuff. And I was yeah. like, hey, Shep, this guy's name is Shep, too. And Shep just went, this music is crazy. I was like, totally. You're right. I can't argue with you. <laughs> but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've got a 10-year-old that, he likes jazz, um, but uh, Alice Coltrane came on and is like, this is too disorganized. Like there's, it was one of those pretty out there ones off of, uh, oh, what's the, what's the album where it's just, it's like this beautiful orange cover. And it's just like, into yeah, the name that I can never remember. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, so it just, he was like, this is just too disorganized. I don't get it and then another tune came off came on after that that was more straight ahead and he's like okay this is so he's having the same experience i did whoa <laughs> so tell me about getting into or hearing krautrock for the first time you remember that 
Now that I have a very specific memory of. Oh boy. Excellent. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buckle up. Um. Um. Wow. Um. There's. Um. <laughs> it kind of happened with Kraftwerk, and they had an album called at that time Autobahn, and um, I was actually a friend of mine owned a record store. And I knew what Krautrock was, but I never had really kind of engaged with it in this fashion. And that means doing some LSD. And um, how old how old are you here, Dave? Fifteen. Okay. <laughs> and I had a buddy that owned a record store. That's cool. So um, it was one of those transcendent experiences, and. Uh, that was when the love of Comet Melody 2 happened. And that's the second side of the, the Autobahn album. And then from that point on, I, I the problem is Krautrock entered in even before that in various ways because it was on the radio on the underground stations or the apparently underground stations of FM radio in the early 70s in the Bay Area. So the stations like KOMA, um, uh, KSAN, um, KSJO had they, whoever was programming the stations had huge ears so there was a breadth of progressive rock of all kinds and crowd rock was this one thing that kept coming up and by the time I was at a point when I could identify it and that would mean actually being in a store where you can start connecting oh that, that, that album is this and um, my friend's store they had specialized in imports so there was lots of of kraut and of course the, the english progressive rock and the italian stuff it was all coming through at the same time but um kraut rock just kind of exploded for me in the, in the, i became a huge fan of tangerine dream and um started wanting to play music like them uh and realizing that nobody can be like tangerine dream um <laughs> You might as well just kind of try to do it yourself. And yeah, that's where that started for me. There's my big Krautrock entry, entry in the Krautrock. Excellent. I'm, I'm way more shallow. Uh, I really like the Sprockets theme song, which was a electric, electric cafe or something like that. Is that what it was? Electric cafe. Yeah. I was really into uh, like Depeche Mode and that kind of stuff. So I think that was like my entry a little bit, this electronic based music. And then I that just kind of, put together the German sprockets thing. So yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Did you know the song I'm talking about? Right. And it's all this kind of weird muffled sound. It's so weird. Uh, and then there's Mike Myers dancing to it. That's what I remember. Yeah. But I loved this. I was like, this song's amazing. What is this? You know, it's 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 transcending the humor. So I figured that out. And then um, but that was back in like high school. Um, and I kind of like I've always loved electronic leaning music in addition to lots of other things. But um, this kind of uh, repetitive thing, really, I've always loved like um like Teutonic and repetitive. Like Philip Glass and, and Steve Reich and like, like that kind of stuff. I love. Um, and I feel like I was into that kind of uh, 
before like Motric reintroduced me to Krautrock, I would say, or like definitely has furthered my knowledge of it. Like I was pretty ignorant of the, of the, the scene going in um, to Motric. I know I loved some Kraftwerk stuff. I'd heard a little Noi and that was kind of it. I didn't, I hadn't really heard can or anything like that. And, uh, um, Oh wait, what was that? Where was I going with, with, uh, something else? God damn it, Dave. You told me to eat the the thing and then <laughs> it would just help make you more relaxed yeah, and I lose my train of thought. There it is. Well, it, 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 it it's, <laughs> it's fine. I've forgotten too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Uh, but yeah, I think just coming into it kind of late, I came into the game a little late with, with the kraut rock, but, but when it hit, I know, I kind of know where I was going. It, it hit me like, like a ton of bricks. Like we were talking about this the other day, like my first real love of music was blues. And that was like the first music, like I felt like I kind of found and like, you know, it's not the jazz my dad's listening to on the radio. It's like, what's this crazy raw? I was really gravitated towards like John Lee Hooker and like the real sparse kind of stuff, repetitive sparse. And when I heard that, it, it just kind of killed me. And so I, I went deep on that. And really this, discovering kraut rock has been uh, i feel like a stronger experience than that speaking even more to me um maybe my european roots i don't know um but that's really been this this big rediscovery and kind of like just going down a rabbit hole over the last 10 years and loving it loving the ride for that now i have to admit would you say that you like all of the kraut rock that i like no yeah, no. that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. No, so crowd rock's such a broad, broad expanse. Yeah. It's kind of it's like saying rock, you know, yeah. really, or like psychedelic oh, yeah. rock. Or, and Dave really leans towards the the ornate. Um, he gets into circus music, <laughs> circus Prague. That I just in have other very, words, yeah. There's other there's other types of German Prague, and what he calls circus Prague is anything with an organ where somebody's going. Playing scales, basically. Whereas my love is is the real minimal, like the minimal noise stuff, the minimal craftwork stuff. When can just like goes, you know, for a long time on one groove or electric miles Davis, like that same same vein, right? Like this this kind of direction, like you're you're going down a road. It's so evocative, and I enjoy that too. And we, I think that's kind of every one of us in in Motric kind of is approaching us from a similar but same i mean similar different but, same. but but what i'm trying <laughs> to say is we're we all love crop but i think we all love it we've kind of embraced it all differently and yeah. uh yes i love the can stuff absolutely without a doubt but i also love the the ornate eloy-esque or the um the precision of the craft works but you hear that in can too. Mm. I mean, it's and then there's something that just comes out of that that whole scene that, despite whatever subgenre you might have fallen into, the Jane kind of hard rock psychedelic Pink Floyd covers, you know, they everybody had a certain aesthetic um, that you know prevailed throughout the German uh, or the kraut rock scene. Although what we normally consider kraut rock is Eh, pretty limited, but I believe, believe me, there's just, there's just so much more there. Yeah. 
what's what's your take on kraut rock hog i love it um like where do you what's your what's your jam with it probably noi is my favorite noi can like those they've been putting out those live can stuff oh yeah that's crazy huh yeah yeah that they're able to do that and like i think i heard one mistake towards the end during like a guitar thing like Ehrman how do you know that was the only right note and all the rest was a mistake you see what i have to deal with like (laughs) every day um yeah it's just incredible like i think i'd say 98 percent of that thing is improvised that they're doing like there's these touch points where maybe they'll hint at a melody Mm -hmm. it's so amazing that they could do that and it works i I don't know it blew me away it made me see the band in a whole new light yeah i i I remember just put seeing it came out and like i wasn't paying attention that much and then i put it on and then the next hour was just spent focused on that it was like this is incredible um but then i went down a big what do you think about the 70 i was gonna say what do you think about the 1977 78 versions of can good disco era oh yeah so they even they had their their you know mutations over time, and the bass player stopped playing bass for a while and just started twisting knobs on old radios. And uh, apparently, shortly after he started wearing white gloves when he was playing, like he went, he kind of like start really started doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, Trippy dude, yeah. And you mentioned Electric Miles. Uh, that is just some of my favorite music. Tribute to Jack Johnson. Is, oh, my God. First time I heard that, I just, yeah, I was like, this is what I want music to sound like. Hell, yeah. I just finished, uh, this guy Colin Harper wrote a book called Bathe in Lightning about, all about John McLaughlin. I thought it was just going to be about, like, Bitches Brew through Mahavishnu, but it's really just starts at the beginning of the 60s, and it takes in, like, all his session work and, like, all the lives of the session, other session players, like you get incredible amount of detail on Jimmy Page and uh, John Paul Jones and um, all the people who were like in Pentangle and like all the Ginger Baker. Huh. It was full of detail. So like it took me a couple of years to read this book because there were all these albums he's talking about. It's like, oh, I got to hear this, you know, and then you go down another rabbit hole. But yeah, then when I got to the Bitches Brew tribute to Jack Johnson stuff, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is amazing. Oh, cool. I have to check that out. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Yeah. So what when did you decide that music was what you wanted to do with your life? Hmm. Are you gonna go first or are you gonna go, Dave? I mean um I I I there's a point where um was it when I, I think it's when I fused, believe it or not, this is going to sound nuts, but I did buy a guitar to punish my father because he was a keyboard player and he had very strict rules about how I had to play. And I, there was a huge amount of rejection in me. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, and it actually took to the early 80s, uh, marrying my Apple II, um, to uh, via um, a parallel I.O. card and a Pia modular synthesizer where I started realizing I can do music with the computer and fuck the keyboard. But 
the reality was his dad ultimately was right. <laughs> and that's kind of all started to happen because when you get tired of using the computer, you want to just play the notes you hear in your head uh, or experiment with new ones. Um, and the keyboard became necessary. So um, if you were talking time, uh, early 80s, definitely. Um was was my time when I decided that it was becoming more than just a hobby. Eric? Um, I mean, like right now as it stands, music isn't my whole life. Um, and I like professionally, it certainly isn't. Um, I wish it was. Um, it's it's I'm edging more edging. There we go. Good term. But I'm getting I'm getting closer into that um feeling of being uh at least a professional in some capacity like i do i do composition and stuff for work as well um but uh so i've always had this dream i feel um to be kind of like in a thing that's important i don't like from an early age like wanting to be wanting to put something out there that people are paying attention to i don't you know and and i think the so i got into filmmaking for a while i wanted to like make media i guess and i still do um but the, i think the band idea or wanting to like do it as a band um and have that kind of excitement and that uh immediacy of playing live and all that um like i got hooked on that in college and i was like man i this would be amazing like to be able to do this full time um but that just hasn't how it's shaken out um, and so I think, you know, all of us in Motric are, we've got day jobs and, um, but we take this I mean, we, we don't take ourselves too seriously, but I'd say we take, uh, the music seriously, you know, like making something we're all really proud of and with the hopes of it becoming music, becoming our lives. I mean, I feel, even though professionally I'm not, um, doing music, uh, full time, I'd say it's like Dave saying certainly not a hobby like it is part of me you know yeah, and it's, it's right. everything right like i start getting anxious and depressed if uh we can't play we can't practice together like there were some dark times during covid right where we just oh, couldn't yeah. get together and play and and that like i was like wow i need like i can make my own music and i can do you know but i need this interaction it's important to me yeah i totally missed it well obviously because of COVID, but I think at this point, we've been doing this 10 years. Um, I, I've, I'm a little bit further along in life than the other guys. So I might actually be the closest in my entire life to saying, Oh, music is what I do 45% of the time. Um, or think about, it. I can devote whether it's repairing instruments, uh, or, playing music um, uh, either with a band or just twiddling my knobs for my own amusement. Yeah, I, it's been a slow evolution, but I definitely take it seriously and have taken it seriously and thought of myself as at least as close as... I hate to use the word professional, but just simply to use the word I am a musician. Yeah. You know? started probably happening in the 90s. Is that when you, when you wake up every morning, Dave? You, I am! You no. Know, look in the mirror? 
flush the toilet from like the night before Ooh. and then i am a musician oh that's, that would be more like you get husky. Uh, oh shit fuck what did i do last night god <laughs> i'm a fucking musician <laughs> there it is <laughs> yeah that's more typical yeah <laughs> you mentioned that COVID, I noticed that you guys put out Artificial Head like pretty much like May, like pretty much right after the pandemic started. Was that that fuck with a lot of your plans, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a missing album at this point. Oh. Yeah, because we called it an EP. I mean, an, yeah, an EP, which I think was a mistake because it's it's not. It's pretty long. It's an album, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So if, like, you, if you're on Spotify, it's like EP. Like, uh okay i but i i kind of am okay with that because i like a good long ep if i was a guy that was concerned you know somebody consuming records it wouldn't bother me the lp ep thing doesn't doesn't hit me okay doesn't hurt me that's just me but yeah we weren't able to we played one show we'd played a couple because we those songs had been stewing around for a while and the album we were done with it like when in the fall preceding that dave is that yeah pretty much yeah So we'd been sitting with that music a while and playing it out. So it, I felt like we kind of gave the music its due live, but we weren't able to give the album its due, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It uh, would have been fun to play like, that year at Tree Fort. I was yep. you know, psyched yeah. to play that music off of that record, which some of it was actually on this record. So it yeah. would have been a nice hybrid. And, so, and I, you know, go ahead. I was going to ask about, how this record began and got made. Yeah. I feel like it was a continuation kind of of artificial head, like, like, Oh shit, we can't play out. Um, but we have this really amazing space we play in. That's a, it's a comic book, like companies kind of headquarters. Um, so that makes it fun, but it's, it's large enough where we like early on in the pandemic, it was like mask up and be six feet apart. And that's, that's okay. So we were like, I think we can, we've had the new music kind of, we were passing around each other. We all have our own little studio setups, except for Lee, the drummer. He doesn't have anything, um, <laughs> but. Uh, he has a house and a girlfriend. Yeah. And that's, lots and, that's, and lots of friends. And that's something for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah so we had we had these ideas we were passing back and forth adding to them which we'd never done before it's always kind of jamming it out together someone would bring a riff in and we kind of work that work it out that way so this was a little more produced going into it and we're like well i think we can do this like let's meet up in the studio and see if we're comfortable doing it can we stay far enough apart and yeah, yeah. there was kind of a dip in COVID in august right. gave us a window um, we had but, a window yeah and we had a window our, our really good uh, friend and awesome engineer producer uh, Jonah Nold. Um, he had a window of like a month to help us, something like that, and we did it. Yeah. We were able to all be in a room and knock out songs, and it felt great. Yeah, except Jonah, who stuck in his little room. So it actually, yeah, it logistically worked fine. We were safe. Yeah, yeah I yeah, felt we like we were safe. Being responsible yeah. and able to like mm-hmm. play together and make music so that was that was definitely a bright point for sure and also it was a uh, positive uh, airflow facility so 
air was constantly being pushed in and pushed out to keep the equipment cool because despite the fact it was a comic book company, um, for a couple of years, we ran it as a studio, uh, a, a for-profit studio. And so it had all of the equipment and all of the cooling necessary uh, beyond that. And that was just added as a plus. I really, really liked the idea that we just throw open a door and tons of fresh air be pumped in and pushed out. And Great so, airflow. Yeah. Just wonderful. Just great airflow. I yeah. I'm sorry. And I don't know why I went off on that tangent. Before that, the space was uh, La Luna yep. in Pine Street Theater. Mm -hmm. so, I don't, were you around to see shows in Portland then? When it was a me? operating? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, okay, Ever, all right. I saw Everclear there. Oh, my God. You, okay. And I all saw right. – um, it was such a cool venue. Like 808 State <laughs> came through and like Meat wow. Beat Manifesto comes through. That's where you go to see them. Wow. So it's like these kind of cool, cool acts that, you know, high school kids would feel like I, I grew up outside of Portland. And so it was like a big deal to go into the city and, and go to La Luna and see a show. And then here we are years later playing yeah. in that space. Like when Nirvana would come through, like they played there, didn't they? They like, played there. Oh God. Everybody yeah. played there. Right? Yeah. It used to be a place for me. I didn't see so many of those bands. I did see a few, but to me, that was the place where I would go see the prog rock bands the, at that time in the 90s. That was seemed to be for a long period of time. There was Osric Tentacles would play there. You know, just that was the place, this in-between. You weren't King Crimson, but you were somebody else. It was always a great show, and the, the venue continually evolved. But I like the fact that our, our control room is where the front of house board was. Oh, I got, yeah. yeah, that's that's just where it was. It's at the end because yeah. um, it was also at a time uh, where I owned one of the first DAP machines in Portland and I would get jobs occasionally where it would be like, they just want to rent the machine to record a live show that's happening there. And so a couple of times um, I recorded shows right from that very position at various times in the 90s. So it's kind of, it's like be going home, whoa, in a very strange way yeah. with heroin. No, okay. no heroin. No heroin. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's kind of the takeaway I feel from this chat is no heroin. Yeah, none, none yeah. at all. None We're at all. a clean band. We are a clean band. We're, mm. we're clean folks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the other thing that you know to get back to your original question about. Uh, the recording of it, I think that after we established, we were, we recorded all these basic tracks, and much of them we had played either live before, uh, or were in how shall I say partial. We were still under development, and that's the thing. It maybe would have happened after Artificial Head if there was no COVID. We would have just naturally fleshed those songs out. So um, after the basic tracks were recorded, kind of. Everybody went and started overdubbing, and Jonah kind of acted as the filter for all of it. Uh, actually, um, there was a very somewhat, uh, not rigid, but there was a process that stuff would flow through that would make this happen. Because if you could imagine each one of us having our own place to add stuff, what kind of, what kind of rambunctious tracks we would get. 
Um, yeah, but so I, um, I got to be designated like the filter, the last mm-hmm. stop before sending it to Jonah, who was mixing. Yes. And so, so it, it was kind of, we, we had to develop this because it got people to be adding all kinds of. Done this before. Yeah. You know, every other time we've made music all in the same room. Uh, but there's um, advantages and disadvantages to that. Um, and I like to think that the album, uh, there's, this, there's definitely advantages, and this album shows those advantages. Uh, and the fact that we just played a show last night and pulled it off, uh, at least what, four new tracks were played last night? Yeah. Five, five, five. Five. Yeah. No, yeah. We, 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 um, we, it, it proves that. So whatever we did, the model works. You know, we, we can do, we don't want COVID to last, <laughs> but the model works. The process works. Settle down, Dave. I love process. How'd yeah, the show go? It went well, I thought. We, I, I don't know. For myself, I was nervous going into it. Um, it was our first show since like a year and a half ago, right? Year and a half? Yeah. Yeah. And it was really funny. It was a different venue, but like the last show that we played, it was the last live show I had like attended for the year and a half. And I feel like all the people that came, it was their last show that they had attended or like most of those folks. Yeah. So it was really like this cool kind of like reunion, like class of COVID, like, hey, it's like a, you know, like that was... That was special, and and we we got through the new stuff with good energy. Yeah, um, yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I, I'm apprehensive to the future of being able to play it out, but um, I know that we can now. So so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think the the, the mental hurdle can we still do it is was 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 we we did that. It, it, uh, yeah, it was like mission a accomplished. Show. Yeah, it yeah. was kind of a comeback show. It was. I actually uh, was going through a great deal of you know, can I still do this? You know, like do I want to do it? You know, there was all kinds of apprehension. The time uh, for the casinos, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was the question. <laughs> but now we did it. Excellent. And are there more on the horizon? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is Tree Fort, which isn't until end of September. So we got a little, a little gap as, as folks' schedules are getting ironed out. But um, that's going to be really fun. That's in Boise. Really awesome music festival. Yeah. And that that got pushed back. Like we were we were going to play that when Artificial Head came out. Like that's mm-hmm. Artificial Head came out, and then we were going to go play Tree Fort and. You know take over the world and that didn't happen and they pushed it back they had to push it back twice so it ended mm-hmm. up a year and a half later and so that's where we're at now we're gonna go play tree fort we're playing two nights there friday and saturday night in boise so i think that's like september 24th 25th ish yeah uh we're all stoked about that for sure um and then we're having our record release october 8th October no, 8th, yeah. October mm-hmm. at No Fun on Hawthorne, Portland, Oregon, USA. And that's going to be really fun. And then we were playing 
Polaris Hall with Federale on November 17th, I think. 17th? Yeah. Uh, and then we're really excited after that. Um, I think we're going to try to line up another local show, but we're having our first dip into the southeast of the United States with a like a week-long tour. Oh, nice. Um, so we're pulling dates together for that. Sounds like that's going really well. And then it's ending at uh, this really cool thing called Homecoming, which the drive-by truckers put on in uh, Athens, Georgia. And so we're playing Friday night um, there uh, as kind of like the icing, the cherry on top of the of the Southeast uh, Southern Pride Kraut Rock Revival Tour <laughs> 2021 or 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, 2022 so, yeah. by the time. So we've got a, like, I don't know, I feel really optimistic about the new stuff that we're playing and the ability to play it out as long as people stay healthy and, and smart, you know, keep this thing rolling. We played with masks and I think most of the audience had the mask, had masks on. I, I couldn't tell as far as I was concerned, everybody had masks. I, that I could see. Except um, me. Well, we, we actually did the, at practice, you tried various, Mass you could wear that mm -hmm. wouldn't affect the vocals, you know, like terribly, like, um, and well, you can't sing through a mask. I'm thinking like, uh, not really. What about like the foam, you know, the, the, the wind, the pop filter, the foam windscreen, like a mask made out of that. It'd be like really Interesting. Like, but yeah, But you could put like a hat on. Yeah. It's like it covers your whole head. Uh, Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you put I you poke some eye holes out. Then you could sell those as merch. I I totally get your Motric mask. Okay. It'd That's be what so I'm itchy. doing in my basement. Yeah. It'd be no, so, just, itchy. so itchy. Really you just get itchy. a block of Sonex. You could you could carve it out of lag as a and mock it up. So clearly All our right. the rest of our afternoons planned out. Yep. <laughs> So I thought we'd go into some of the new stuff. Um, first song on the record and the first single is Silver Twin, which I'm guessing is a Hawkwind reference. No. Oh, all right. No. I guess I guess I should talk about our process a little bit, um, which, uh, especially for this last, for this album, as, as we were referring to before, with the kind of flipping the files around and overdubs and all that. Uh so this one in particular, Chord, Amato, guitar player, he wrote the song, um, like the riff. And then he passed that off, sent that around. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I added bass. Um, so there's no melody at this point, no vocals. You know, it's kind of this cool riff with, a, with the change. And Dave adds some stuff. And then, like, I don't know, does this need lyrics does it need vocals you know um i can't even have, think of it without it yeah right but yeah. that's kind of how the you know and it's nascent stages that was the deal and yeah and so i started uh playing around with melody a little bit i'm just playing it over and over and over again and just um adding i don't know if i was doing it on keys or whatever maybe the 335 but adding like little <laughs> little licks in and see what would fit right and maybe singing doing like the david burns singing nonsense thing you know to to see what sticks and 
And so Silver Twin just kind of phonetically fit like um, within the word structure. But um, part of me doesn't want to talk about what I think it means. It's not a Hawkwind res- uh, reference, but I kind of want people to okay. come up with their own. It's a little cheesy, maybe. You can keep it serious. I mean, that makes sense. What's, what's your Silver Twin? Like Dave, what's what's your silver twin? I I, I actually thought since Chord started the song, it was uh, a reference to his guitar amplifier, mm. and that's where that was. was and and the, that that riff kind of reflected that for me. So I know the lyrics have or don't bring that to mind, but the the song title still does. It's like oh, that, that's a that's a guitar amp, you know, a Ooh. classic one. That's what came to my mind. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. <laughs> but what happens with these words, right? They kind of fit phonetically. I can, I'm, like I'll string them together. I'm like, okay, I can sing these. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too adept at the singing things. So I need the syllables to really work because there's certain like sounds that I can't start reliably and be on pitch, but other ones I can. Um, like certain vowel sounds, I'm less reliable. So I, those kind of have to fit. So I get these words that kind of fit. And then when they start walking together, I might start looking for meaning in those and like, okay, now this is going to inform my next word choice. Um, and this story kind of assembles before me and clearly it's not a very clear story, right? It's, it's more associative or something, but there's definitely something in my mind when I'm singing it now. That's super interesting about hitting certain syllables on pitch. When when did you realize that about yourself? Uh, you know, just playing in bands and listening back or like when I'm practicing singing, um, like an open ah, that's that's one I try to avoid. Um, like it'll, it's, it's just, and maybe I do it all the time. Like Dave definitely is like, you're sliding into these notes. So he's going to try to recreate it on the keyboard. I'm like, no, you play the notes straight. So it doesn't sound like I'm sliding in please it took um, me a little bit yeah to get used to that but yeah you know, because it's not my i want to follow every pitch nuance any, yeah, any inflection make your circus music make my circus music yeah. simplify dave simplify it just reminded me that thing like with can would work with restrictions which it seems if you're eliminating certain syllables to saying or yeah. sounds to saying there's definitely yeah yeah i mean that's kind of it's funny because like, right, those are in the lyrics, right? Sound continuous. And yeah. to me, that's what, what it's all about is the sound. Um, and so I've always been, that's been what I've been into, like pretty much my whole life listening to music is like, what, before the I hear the words, like, what, what does it sound like? What does it sound like when they're singing? Yeah. Um, and then maybe I'll get hooked on the lyrics, you know, it, that's like a secondary thing for me. That's one of the big reasons I love Guided by Voices. I mean, Robert Pollard's lyrics don't really make sense all the time. Yeah. They sure as hell sound cool. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Or maybe just a phrase sounds cool, right? And yeah. like like so many pop hooks, that's their deal, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a cool phonetic, like, it's an interesting pattern. So next up is Particle Maze. Anything to say about this one? Dave? Um, that's another one we, we kind of, we, we've been playing a version of that. Um, and it, again, just kind of, you know, this is where I got to hand it to both Cord and Eric 
the tracks that we were playing uh recorded were were there but th- those two guys well sorry the two of them um uh, kind of fleshed it all out i mean um i had a lot of fun during uh you know originally laying my tracks down but then the overdubs on that particular one um i thought were actually quite fun because i was playing a lot with this device here and yeah, chopping des- up describe that dave what's that device oh, there that, like that in, device, in 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 15 words or less in 15 words it's just a modular synthesizer it's one that okay. i've been building since uh 1995 it's mostly all hand built yeah and it's, it's missing a large portion of it um because of the pandemic, we closed the studio and I had to move it here. And so this is just a small room in the house. Uh, but I have enough that's a functional unit. But the point is, is that in that particular song, there was these chopped up vocal bits um, from um, a friend of mine makes a module known as the E9970 or 950. Um, and it takes... It's not just speak and spell. He licensed all of the sounds from uh, Motorola, but also various other products, alarm clocks, anything that had vocals in it. And now it can act as an oscillator. And um, I, I just grew fascinated with it over COVID. And there are bits of that in in that mid section which are uh were really fun for me to make so i don't like i said it, it, i the, the the vocals and the uh lyrics are all eric's i mean that kind of like like i said the guys hung the meat uh where uh i feel like on this song mostly um uh lee and i just kind of threw down our <laughs> our 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 grids <laughs> Um, and had fun within those, those places. Uh, but Eric, speak to the melody, the important things that people like. And that was another song where I actually have to double your vocals on the True. keyboard. True. Yeah. That is, that is exactly one. So we'll, we'll play this, live. Yeah. This, this song, like my perspective on being part of creating it was, it's very, it's very similar to Silver Twin in terms of process. You know, the chord made the, the basics um i don't know i think he may have had a baseline that i replaced or there was no baseline but i i came up with the baseline which i was like oh well there's more this is a little more can you know like i'm feeling that this song has a little more space in it um and then and then that it was again the phonetic and uh going going out um going out to the ocean in a boat um which i love to do and and so that that's definitely part of what the song is about but I, again i want to be purposely vague about what i think it's really about um but uh but that was the process right like i kind of came up with this melody thing and then um the words kind of fit it i think it was melody before words and and then um you know, particle maze, like who doesn't want to sing that? That's just fun to sing. Right? Like those words sound cool together. That's there. Okay. There's a lyric, like just pretty dumb, you know, you can't go too deep into this stuff. Um, 
but but then it kind of becomes its own thing and that's when it's fun to kind of go deep into it um circular but uh i i think um i think to go to what dave was saying though like just just kind of i don't think you were discounting what you did dave but to say, i'm not oh i'm not discounting you know, it it was yeah you guys wrote the right. melody it wasn't there before right yeah like yeah so i created that part but but what dave and i'll say like in particular lee um but like dave on this song you added your parts and it, that made it that much more a motric song right right and then the crazy thing is lee comes in and we're like yeah okay we had demo live drums like cord he's a good drummer so he would for his demos he's playing live drums on a lot of so we have kind of this cool sound happening but then lee comes in and then it's just like holy shit now it's a motric song like whenever he records right don't you think dave mm -hmm. i yeah. mean that absolutely yeah so crazy like we all add our bits right but what cements it as a motric song proper is like oof, there's lee ritter playing the drums so cool so that that happened you know on each of these tracks but that's kind of the particle maze story the creation story but it's fun to play live like i yeah. feel like i feel like we get to pretend we're can a little bit when we're playing it absolutely you know? yeah. yeah for sure yeah it's probably the most if yeah that i go i hate to say we aped something yeah but i definitely like the feeling of 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 it it makes me feel like i played something from my childhood oh we had we had working titles on these that were really explicit as to the influences and so cantrick yeah, this, a, yeah this yeah, is nice. can trick so we have, we have we have this habit in the band of appending trick to anything you know nice and so yeah <laughs> so streamline it that's a very cool riff very driving yeah i think that's one that i i think that's one of my kind of riffs that i brought in um because you do that on the bass yeah that, yeah and then the change towards the end and that one I kind of fleshed out. That's that one follows a little bit of the older model. This of of how we would like. I think I brought that riff in and we jammed on it for a while, kind of thing. So before before COVID, maybe I think we were playing this out along with the artificial head stuff, and yep. this, we just didn't feel like it fit on that album. So um, so this one's actually a little older, uh, but it was kind of hearkening at this different, slightly different trajectory. I think we're on now, but. Um, yeah, so riff, and then that outro jam was a very conscientious attempt to uh, cop uh, Deer Hunter's ability to have these amazing sprawling outros with these repetitive loping kind of lines that just drive you into like hypnotic ec ecstasy, you know, like love it. So it's it's it was like my meager attempt to like try that out, you know, and so we worked that pretty hard. Like Cord had some ideas like, how do we, how do they do that? Like. And so I think we got somewhere there and kind of made it our own at the same time. Nice. And then up next is Space Elevator. I was going to say, yeah, along with what you just said, what I really like about your tunes is that they're both busy and hypnotic. If you know what I mean? Huh. Like it's sort of uh, this one is there's a faster pace, but it, it lulls you in. And then there you get to that freak out bit later. Yeah. And I think that's the repetitive for me. Like, um, something can be fast, but if it's repetitive, then it doesn't seem busy to me, which is kind of going back 
to like the Philip Glass kind of sounds, you know, that kind of thing where there's a lot going on, but something's elevating it above circus music, you know? <laughs> Sorry about that, Dave. Tangerine Dream, same Especially thing. Especially 1970s Italian circus music. <laughs> but, the, but Space Elevator is also in the category of Streamline in that we had played that out previously. Yep. And it's like this one of our uh, epic long jammers that we love to, yeah. to play. Um, and so that was... 14 minutes? Yeah, yeah. That one, that one started off though with um, that stupid little riff that began. Yeah, that yeah, was cool. just Court and I playing together. I played the vibes. So cool. And, and it's always been an attempt to get it back to that first time, at least and as I, far as when I, I play it. I think I, I went to the bathroom and came came back, and you guys were doing that. Mm-hmm. And I got that's my right. Phone, I got my phone out and like do you keep doing it. That's so cool. Because I was list, that was just name dropping the minimalist composers here, but that was another Steve Reich. Like I was really listening to a lot of him then, and and that was that I, brought it to mind. I was actually um, thinking about this the other day um, when a friend, because that was done on that Mellotron, and. Um, I wanted to use sounds that nobody uses on the Mellotron. You never hear. You always hear the strings. You hear the choirs. You hear the, everything else. And the, that, getting that vibes, like who uses the vibes in the on the Mellotron? And that's when Cord and I were just playing around and came up with that interactive, interlocking thing. So that and the delay pedal. But, you know, you know who uses vibes on Mellotron? Who? Dave Fulton does. I do now. Yeah. yeah. That's me. Own it. The vibe patch is mine. I think stabilize is actually my favorite. That's that, yeah. that riff is awesome. And then like the, the squelchiness underneath it is really cool. Yeah. And oh, cool. Sort of I'm blissed glad. out single note guitar that comes in. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. That that might be my favorite too. I don't know. What's your favorite, Dave? Well, <laughs> You know, since it's funny because Red Eye probably, maybe, but you've been having a lot of fun playing Red Eye lately. Like, that yeah, surprised kind of surprisingly to me. I thought it was yeah. going to be tough to pull off, and it's like been really fun. And that's why I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, playing uh, Yellow um, uh, Yellow Moon. Yeah, because I have a similar. Um, kind of feeling about it now. Like we haven't played that one as a band, but I um, now that Eric and I have worked out the bits, uh, I've been you know rehearsing it, and it's just made itself much more. It's made itself much stronger. When I would have probably said Space Elevator, like when we first started, you know, if you'd asked me that question when the album's out, it would oh Space Elevator without a doubt. It's got that huge, neat jam thing. You know, that's what I like. And of course I would have went there. But then, yeah, it's, it's changing. It's changing. I don't know what's right anymore. So, so stabilize, uh, roping it back in. Um, Take it back. Taking it back. Uh, stabilize. Um, oh, I think I'm roping it back in. Um, we, we've had problems rehearsing that one not not like problems but we play it and we're like ah, we're kind of getting lost because these new songs they're like 
they're more kind of slowly evolving pieces with like slight shifts in them and layers added. But like, what's the right time for this layer to come in um, and us to think about it as a band plant rather than like you're editing, like, okay, this feels good when I'm editing this piece together. Um, so, so Stabilize was pretty heavily edited um, to like take that shape um, of it having a bit of an arc because um, it was kind of a bit of a jam going into it, recording it. And I think, I think we'd figured out some of the structures, but like to make it get yeah. a little bit of a little bit of a hook, um, that took a little bit of editing, I think. Um, and that also Dave went all deep on equipment. I got to give a shout out to what made this thing possible. I've been into randomness um, with composition lately, and um, I thought it'd be really cool if a keyboard could. Uh, play back a sequence, but do it in a random way, right? Basic need, not nothing too fancy. There's not many synthesizers that do that, surprisingly. You can play back an arpeggio, like the arpeggiator can go back randomly, that's very common, but for a sequence to play back randomly, not, not that available. Um, and so I was playing with that randomness because I'd found this feature in this stupid Roland vp03 that dave bought it this is a great thing dave does he'll buy equipment and it just makes him angry because it sucks for some reason and he's just like hey, just take this just take it i don't i don't want it anymore like do you can can i buy it from no just i just don't want to see it i did that's my bad dave voice impression but and it's amazing so like i have this sense that yeah it does kind of suck but because it's a recreation of the old roland vocoder sense but it's like part of their boutique series and they just kind of missed it on this one. It's just, the interface is weird. doesn't sound amazing, but it has the random, uh, random sequence, random sequencing function. You have to dive into these weird combination of buttons to like hit it. And once you get there, random bliss. And so that's that thing of stabilize is that triggering it's its sound. Plus it's triggering the, the Korg. Uh, mini log doing that as well. Um, so that was kind of the kernel for me, like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, and then I just started playing around, like what's a repeating phrase that can go with that, that kind of works. And so the baseline kind of came out of that, which is another, it's just me playing randomly. Those notes is trying to be a random note generator myself. Um, and then again, it's like the assembling of the words kind of thing. Um, and chord was feeling very noy, I think, on that solo. Yeah. Like that was a, that was definitely a channel kind of moment. But I love how the drums sound on that song. Like when they kick in, like it works. Like that thing's a train going, which I love. Like you're like 13 minutes in, you're like, holy shit! Like they are not stopping, for better or for worse. I, I love that. I love when songs do that. Yeah. Uh up next is Red Eye, which you were mentioned before. This yeah. one does really remind me of Kraftwerk, Space yeah. Lab, especially. And you mentioned it being fun. Like I, I read somewhere online that you describe your music as something like cosmic party music. Yeah. <laughs> that was the exact phrase, but like this really <laughs> seemed to fit. Oh, that you know, there should be a German word for that. Cosmic part, like Cosmic Party Yeah, Cosmic Cosmic, yeah. German. Party. What's German for party? I gotta look that up. It's probably something really hard to pronounce. Perfect. 
Party in German language. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's parte. <laughs> of course. Oh, we should know that. Yeah. Wasn't that where is the parte? Yeah, but I saw I saw that in I saw that I I say that in English. Right, but it's in German. Oh no, too. I say it in German. I'm yeah. Gummy rises again. Yeah, we we'll always uh -huh. do parte. Yeah, so mm -hmm. we do know that. Okay. That could have been an extension of that album, this song, very easily would have fit right in. No, never mind. Cosmic, cosmic music, part, parte cosmic music. Hmm. I feel like there would be a more elegant and slightly longer word that the Germans would come up with to make that a thing. I'll have to post this to social media later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's, what, what do you think? What's your yeah. silver twin? What's your red eye? What does that mean? What it really means is really lame. That's 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 all I'm gonna say about that. Like, oh yeah, they're stone, they got red eyes, or it's a red eye flight, or like it's the, it's like the twin sun setting off of planet Zeton. Like, nope. Sorry. I I again What's your red eye, Dave? To me, it has to do with the moon for some reason. It still comes back to I didn't really have the. We I listened to the lyrics evolve over time, so I tried not to hang anything on it until it was complete. And by that time, Cord is also an amazing graphic artist guy, and kind of just came up with the concept. It kind of just worked beautifully with the music. So I come back to answer your question. Red Eye to me. I still see the moon through the, my red eyes and the moon is bright red. Like I think of all the smoke we've had in Portland. That's what it kind of, if necessarily stony red eye, it was more had to do with the smoke and seeing the moon through the smoke. And then yellow moon fit into that perfectly too, but that's another song. So if you, if you want to know where I went, there and now I hang my meat on that because that's you know I mean that's the final meaning is that just a rap that's a rap I hang my meat on that <laughs> weren't we talking about units last night we were yeah units yeah Dave was talking coolness. about air conditioners and he just like kept using the word unit and like installing a large unit in a bedroom I guess it was funny last night. We were, yeah, it was outside of the show. It yeah, was, post show, you got some adrenaline yeah. going. Yeah. The uh, the vodka Red Bull has not quite worn off. Some units of adrenaline. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, but yeah, Red Eyes, um, that was kind of a creation from my end um, and sending it out transmitting it out to the other band members to add their bits. Um, so that was fun. That was fun. And it was, it kind of became, I think the working title of that one was, um, what was it? LCD. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, um, what's their name? Falakatrick? Yeah, Falakazoid. Falakazoid. But you call it Falakatrick. Yeah, yeah. LCD Falakatrick. Yeah. Was the working was the working title? Yeah. Yeah. And so, do you know Falakazoid? Don't. 
Oh, they're amazing. They're from, they're South American. Is it Peruvian? I feel they're from Peru, but super droney, super crowdy, like really fun, really cool. Kind of dark, but very, (laughs) very minimal. Oh, check it out. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. What is Um, it? Phalacazoid. So F O L L A K Phalac. Yeah. A after the K Z O I D Phalacazoid. Right. And I (laughs) think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. But they're awesome. Um, and so that was the working title. So they had that kind of, oh, they do the thing where the bass hits on the offbeat that don't, 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 as the beats like, don't, don't, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And um, so that I latched onto that. And then the LCD portion is kind of those quick um, synthesizer bits, you know, the repeating arpeggios. Um. So yeah, but it, it was fun. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go on. Because I'll take. It. Oh, I just, I was just gonna say it was fun to have again, kind of have these influences and be very aware of them, like Particle Maze was, you know, the cantrick. But then it kind of became a Motric thing, like in a in a natural way. It wor- I think it works as a Motric thing now, especially now that we've figured it out live. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Has there been a Noi trick or a craft trick? I don't think we've done any working titles. I think it's almost so like intrinsic. Yeah. It would be like it'd be like calling something trick trick. Yeah. Or Dave trick. Oh, we've had there a Dave was, trick. There was a Dave yeah, trick. There was a Dave yeah, trick. And there's was, been Eric was, trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been Chord Trick. Chord trick. Um like Chord was, Trick was on the record. Chord trick is Yellow Moon, I think. I'm pretty sure. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Because he came up with that was pretty fleshed out as like uh, mm-hmm. the changes and the riffage. Yeah. I don't know. Do we segue into Yellow Moon? Might as well. Let's, let's do it, yeah. Are you interested in that, Og? I, Is that I okay? I'm going to are. ask about it. Okay. Um, so Yellow Moon, uh, yeah. So Cord, Cord the Architect, um, and then me adding the melody part, which is definitely a bit of a more ambitious melody that I'm used to singing or kind of coming up with. Um, I definitely prefer the monotone, more rhythmic stuff, uh, or that comes out, I guess. But uh, this was fun. Like, I don't know, it just made sense to have this more interesting kind of melody happen and get a little circusy with it as much as I do. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, and, it, and the lyrics were pretty kind con- I will give part of this one away. Um, Yes, wildfires. Yes, moon through the smoke. And and my wonderful wife, Jen, pointing the moon out to me and saying, isn't that amazing? But then the song gets like weird and dark. <laughs> but the impetus was, I it's like, it's kind of that contrast of like, love of my life is like talking about the moon. But then it's through this, this smoky haze that's like, are we going to all just die soon? You know, like. There's tension there. You know, I didn't quite go that dark with my interpretation of that. I actually mm. thought of it as a very beautiful moon. It is. It was. That's and, the thing. And, like and, during and, the fires, it's gorgeous, but it's but weird. You see, that's the red. That's the red eye. But to me, the yellow mm. moon was like a potato moon. Again, I compl- I I I didn't think about it so wait, negatively. Wait. What's it looks a like a pota- yeah. It looks like a potato. 
Do you vouch for that, Og? Is that there are sure. times when, yeah, I mean, have you heard that saying though? I haven't. No. <laughs> okay. Thank you. God. You've never heard of a potato moon? No. They're all over moon. Idaho. People, that's, that's like the Idaho <laughs> thing to say, man. Okay. And you're going to Boise. Yeah. <laughs> or ride a factory right along the way. But, Pick uh, up some hash browns. But Yellow Moon, uh, that one, in terms of overdubs, that one got a little ornate for sure like like now we need acoustic piano like doubling the vocal like it got it got a little got on the edge i felt of like okay is this is this turning into is like when i started adding all these layers of like that kind of stuff is like is this like more of me or is this motric you know so i think we there's this line kind of crossing like no i want you know i want it to be motric and so don't add too much. Like, I think we're all very conscientious of like, I, don't, I hate to say it, but like serving the song, like not like just making sure the thing works. And I think we all know that what makes the thing work is not too much. You know, we're all doing our part. Yeah. yeah. Minimalism, but you know, obviously we're not afraid of a wall of sound or something like that, but true. But that's kind of what makes us tick, I feel. And so there's these, little forays into little ornamentation and stuff that it's like, is that there was some second guessing happening, but I'm really happy. Like, I think Jonah uh, did an amazing job, like putting these things together. Once it had gone through the Eric funnel, giving him the tracks and then he has his funnel, you know, and he made it really cohesive props, props to Jonah. He glued it together. He did. He did. And we get, and he's, he, he helped produce the thing for sure. Like yeah. he was making arrangement decisions and yeah. So good job. Good job, Jonah. And then the last track, Sonic Rug, very <laughs> understated yet sort of triumphant feel. And this has that lovely triumphant. wash of arpeggios. Is this the, the circus music? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay. You got a half hour? <laughs> yeah. Um that was another one of Chords ideas. There were um there were two ideas. And there's it, there's also sonic rugs throughout the record. Yes. Little bits. And so this was a uh the reprise of of all of those. Um but uh both Cord and I presented our interpretations of what the ending should be. Uh, his was a little bit more upbeat and majestic, as you might say. <laughs> and so it was chosen. And so I took his, his MIDI tracks and then I ran them back through these and added a little bit more and then handed it back to Jonah. And then the magic then happened where everybody else put their – I think Cord went back and, and added his plastic synthesizer, the um, – uh, what the heck was that? Korg. A Korg um, mini-something mini or other. Uh, the big knob, the big selector big, knob. The big knob, yeah. Uh, he might have put – system has like he, eight of them. Yes. Sorry. Um, but he went ahead and put some of that back I – mean, Again, that's another song is I there was a lot put on, but I think it needed it. 
um, to sound as majestic as 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 uh, as you might have heard. Um, so Dave, it, Dave's deal is dark darkness. He's the dark force of the band, and we we love him for that for sure. Like I think we each bring our own perspective, right? Yeah, Lee's like the light. You know, I don't know if I can always positive, always positive. That guy. I don't know if I can attribute like color spectrums or amounts of saturation to each of us, but generally speaking, Dave's the dark, Lee's the light. I don't know where Cord and I fall in, but but so there's that cool tension. But but what Dave will bring to the table, like if you're like Dave, we need an ambient thing to end the album. It, It was like it's amazing, and it's like this churning thing, but it's like. I don't want to hear that at the end. I'm going to be bummed out, but it's amazing. Right. So like, what, what do you do with this thing? And so now we had to like, we had to go triumphant. It, it worked. The triumphant thing works. works. I mean, you can't fight it when it, you know, again, what Eric to, to make back to Eric's point, you know, in service to the album, you know, yeah. it, uh, It was the right thing to do. Um, when or the happy <laughs> because again i will go down the dark hole and stay there and produce the most uh, just uh, look up my solo stuff you'll figure it out just <laughs> and uh because that's where i love it's a very comfortable place for me and this song well kind of was a revelation in a, in a way because it okay so uh it's not doesn't have to be dark. It it can be light. Thanks, Cord, for adding hope and light to my world and to the album. <laughs> yeah, so I think the idea, like this was definitely we were thinking like a conscious decision. How do we make, you know, this double album? Like how do we how do we like make this thing um kind of a concept album right like it, we started yeah. to realize okay there's these themes through all these songs there's connective tissue like we can we can go all out and go concepty and so one thing i love on some records is when you hear this theme and then it's reprised at the end or like even mano chow um what was their big album but it had that little ding sound like the i'm cape. not familiar yeah um, sorry buggy but they and then that sound so that well for those who haven't heard it um there's this little synthesizer kind of ping that you hear between songs but then it appears in some songs so it's just so cool because it, it really links these songs together You're like oh there must be a tie between these things and so um but it's a totally different kind of music uh but i just love that it gels the album and makes it feel maybe a little concepty um i think it i think it was a good decision i think it was fun to like yeah I don't know, like make it feel like it's a thing, not a collection of songs. Like this is yeah. this is a thing, you know? And, and to give the additional wraparound, Chord did the art. So that song, more when I saw the artwork, everything made sense to me. Right. It kind of, okay, yes, there we go. This is good. I like this. What else can I say, Eric? Stop looking so serious over Zoom. You can be, I mean, you can say a lot more. We all know that. Your, uh, your solo stuff, is that just under your name? 
Yeah, you can start Don't there or defective darkness. AI. Defective, defective AI. AI is the, yeah. So the big joke, I got <laughs> I gotta tell the big joke. Okay, do so the yeah, big joke. Yeah, so the defective AI, right? Um, and AI is, you know, A and then lowercase i. And Dave, you, you had, what did you have? You had like a, a, a t-shirt or something or... Um, it was it was a somebody um somebody made me a hoodie with uh-huh. an embroidered and it's kind of it and it's kind of puffy right yeah it says yeah. defective AI it's a very nice you, job yeah you know. no it yeah. looks good but yeah. but the puffiness of the material somewhat obscures the lettering so you're like what? absolutely so when you look at it it looks like it says Detective Al and we just thought that was the funniest I mean still like I'm kind of almost cracking up saying it. And so we just always call his band Detective Al. And uh, it's just, and the best thing is the music. It's, it does not sound like Detective Al. It sounds like Defective AI for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It is not Detective Al's solo album. No, no. I I don't know. We will even call Dave Detective Al. Nice. If need be. Because depending on how, what font it's in or where I might see it referenced, yeah, it, if, if they don't put the two, if they don't realize it's you know it's actually an abbreviation, it becomes less obvious. At the defective owl, you know, because that's the other one that people go to. So it might not. Have, I'm also not a master of marketing, so. That might have been something a marketing person would have picked up on. You know, uh, you know that's too easily confused with something else. You know? Gotta take that one to the think tank. That's right. Mm. But oh well, thank God I've got a filter. We should probably wrap up. But uh, you guys got anything you want to add? I have one final question. But uh, um, well, okay. can I add one thing, Eric? Uh, I was going to say, Cord has a project that's also we should mention since we mentioned uh-huh. mine, the the uh, slanted floors that Eric's going to be playing uh, yeah. in. Um, uh, when is that? Uh, the twentieth, August twenty first. When's this podcast going to pop yeah. up? You think okay, August eleventh? Perfect. All right. So August twenty first. First, August twenty first. Uh, head on out to the Dundee Lodge campout. In beautiful Gaston, Oregon, um, and half of Motrix is going to be in a band called uh, Slanted Floors. That's that's Chords' project, and they just dropped an album. I don't know, like six months ago, something like that. It's cool. I actually, it's we all, it's, it's, it's we all played on it. Yeah, so of um, course it's cool. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a plug. Yeah, there's but a, come out. That's a, a fun. That's a really yeah. fun festival. That's like. I think it's its third installment. It's really mellow. Like I'm not a big festival person, and like attendance levels are just right. Like there's plenty of room, and you yeah. just camp, and it's like it's a micro band, festival. Micro festival, and Rose City Band. I'm wearing their shirt. Um, that's the Wooden Ships um, Moon Duo um, members. Uh, one of their projects, and. So we're really excited to like be playing with them. Or Cord and I, sorry, Dave, you're not you're not involved. Sorry, buddy. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah. He'll show up and we'll have fun together. But uh yeah, that, I don't I don't think there's I I mean, I'd like to say thank you so much for having us, that kind of thing. 
Oh, yeah. thanks for coming yeah. on the show. Yeah. It's been great chatting. Oh, and our oh one thing, yeah, our the out al- we have to pump the album. Yes. Right? yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're really very we're very excited about it. I hope that came across um, in this, but it's actually releasing October eighth. I think vinyl will be ready by then. Well, it was double LP once I again. I thought that vinyl, the goal was to have it at Tree for it, and that's the end of September. That'd be now, amazing, too. Um, I mean, it, it, I've been waiting for the test pressings, um, yeah. and Rob is obviously waiting for them as well. A Jealous Butcher is the label. They're waiting for it as there well. There we go. So, Got to pump yeah. the label. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jealous Butcher. That's right. Rob Jones. Yeah. Rob Jones, ticking the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so go to Jealous Butcher. You can figure everything out there. Hmm. Or go That's to our true. band camp. We have a band camp page. Oh, you know what you should do? You should follow our Instagram. Oh. Yes. That's yeah. the easiest thing to do. Do that because we don't have very many followers and and uh that, that helps my mood when I get a new when we get a new follower. I say I because I'm on it way too much, but um we get it when we when we convert someone. It's a good feeling. Good Is feeling. it just Motric on Instagram? Motric band. Motric band. Motric band. band. Yeah. Motric band. Yeah. All right. So I was excited about this because I used to always end interviews with this question. And I kind of abandoned it for a while, but I thought it would be really mm-hmm. appropriate for you guys doing a bit of a 180 from Moon. My standard last question used to be. If you had stolen a spaceship, a space shuttle, for whatever reasons you had for doing so, and we're going to fly it directly into the sun, what would you want to be listening to? I'd say right now, not Dave's um, uh, nasal breathing sounds. Circus music. 1970 yeah. time circus music probably out as well. Yeah. Mm. Let's see. I oh, okay. I've got I've got I've got cop out answer, and then I've got the you know the um, humoring you with the with the actual answer with you know the, the music answer too. I've got two. All right, let's hear. Them. You'll probably have enough time to listen to both. Yeah. Um. The the music. I I yeah. It's it's still be in a silent way. Miles Davis. I think nice. that'd be the one. Um, yeah, you know, gotta love it. And I always come back to it and always, it always feels fresh and new. So that would take me to good places. My cop out answer is I would want to just listen to the sound of like, what's it, what does it sound like when you're melting going into the sound? I want like the screams and the, and the, I don't know, the burning. I want to hear the burning. Yeah. In a silent way, nice choice. Um, I, 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 well, I, I, I can't beat it, but I can tell you the kind of music and what would work for me for something like that. The, the uh, midsection of a song, Firth of the Fifth, uh, which is a, a nine minute Genesis tune off of uh, Selling Ingham by the Pound. Yeah. It has this epic, epic, but without end. I mean, you can just keep it, it, it just keeps building and building and building. And that's kind of what I would, 
uh, and then releasing and building up again. That's kind of what I would like because um, flying into the sun, at what point would you really die? Um, it's going to get hot, but how quickly? I just can't answer that. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Flying into the sun. It's going to get hot. It's going to get hot. And then maybe on the back, but how quickly? Dot, dot, dot. How cool. Yeah. I suppose it depends on your velocity. Yeah, obviously. Uh, the coating of the space shuttle. What if you're you're doing this and you've got all those tiles? Either it's those night heat or, resistant. Night or I day. Mean, like well, personally, if I was going to fly into the sun, I'd do it at night. No problem. Now, it is funny that uh, you mentioned the screaming. I, that is the first thing that went into my head as I was flying into the sun. Um, despite how pleasant it might be to die that way, uh, it would be fast. I think mm. it would be fast. I, yeah. I, I, I just don't think it's going to be that, you know, if you remember that Star Trek episode where oh, the guy fl uh, flies his uh, the, his ship, the shuttlecraft, into the uh, doomsday machine. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes of him doing this. Right. And that's kind of how I want to you know, imagine myself, even in a space shuttle, I've stolen it for the reasons that are going to help mankind. I'm not going to die in a real dignified yeah. <laughs> listening to Genesis. I know it's going to be something like this. You know, something really, you know, terrifying. See, but see, that's my position when I'm listening to Genesis. It's like the tense, the hands shaking, like, what's happening to me? Yeah. I don't like it. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. I'm not well, going to apologize for, for that. Yeah. Dave, you just talked over like his nice outro. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you again for coming on the show. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for having us. We really Thank appreciate you. it. And it was really nice meeting you. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Always a pleasure to meet people who dig Noy and Can and Miles' Electric Period as much as I do. There's a bunch of older Motric albums up on their Bandcamp, motric.bandcamp.com, M-O-T-R-I-K. And if you're in the area, check them out live. I'm looking forward to that. And please do give the Young Southpaw singles a listen. They're at youngsouthpaw.bandcamp.com. And don't forget about the videos. I'm going to play you out now with the lead-off track and first single from the new Motric album. Do check out the video. Eric was telling me about it. Sounds pretty cool. This is Silver Twin.
shadow stage high cloud countdown shadow sound arpeggiate fortune with shadow stage high cloud countdown shadow sound